Pray with me, please. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord, because you are my rock and my redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. So one of my guilty pleasures of life on Sunday evenings is to watch 60 Minutes. I really enjoy watching 60 Minutes because when you watch 60 Minutes, you learn something, don't you? Every time I watch 60 Minutes, I learn something. And it reminds me when I was a little kid, my brother asked me one time, he said, what time does 60 Minutes come on? I said, 7 o'clock. What time does 60 Minutes go off? I looked at him, I said, 8 o'clock. How long does 60 Minutes stay on? 60 Minutes. And in those 60 minutes, you learn something, don't you? And last week on 60 Minutes, they had this fascinating story about something called artificial intelligence. AI. And that doesn't stand for Annie Ingram. (laughs) It is this new type of computer language that you just type in two or three sentences or things and it comes out, it can come out with an entire paper that you want to submit for class. It can even come out with a sermon. But I assure you, this sermon was not written by AI. And, 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 and so the report talked about how this could displace a lot of workers. You don't need someone to write a newspaper story because you can just tell it the parameters and it will spit out stuff. Stuff. AI. And so I got to thinking about this passage of scripture that we're going to be looking at today. And this passage of scripture because this is the third word in our series of the seven next words of Jesus. If you can recall, the first word was greetings. That's when Jesus was out of the tomb and he saw the women on the road. And he just said greetings to them. Hello. And now we look at this word. He has seeing these two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus. And I think Jesus has a a little bit of a sense of humor because he sees these two disciples and they're walking there and he comes up to them. He says, well, what are y'all talking about? Because they look sad and everything. What are y'all talking about? And so these two disciples, one of them is named Cleopas. That's the only name we have. Uh, That disciple says, well, aren't you you the only person who doesn't know what's been happening the last couple of days? And they proceed to tell Jesus. Oh, by the way, the the passage of Scripture also says that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now, this is not a situation that they just couldn't see Jesus. Their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Mm -hmm. 
And there was a purpose to that, and we'll, we'll see it as we go along in this passage. So their eyes were kept from recognizing them, and so Jesus again asked, well, you know, what in the world are y'all talking about? And then they explained to Jesus that, well, you know, our friend, our buddy Jesus, was taken up by the elders and the chief priests and was crucified. And they called Jesus a prophet, mighty in word and deed. And they said he was crucified, dead, buried, and it was the third day. Now, all this took place on the third day, the day that Jesus arose. So they were saying that it's been three days, and the women in our group went to the tomb, and they saw nothing, that he was gone. And they went back and told everybody else. And so Jesus hears this, and he says, hmm, this is interesting. And in this conversation that ensues, we get to see what I call the intelligence of Jesus. The intelligence of Jesus. Because there's artificial intelligence, right? But then there's the intelligence of Jesus. And the intelligence of Jesus, if we break it down, and I've given you a handout with this, you can follow along, has really, in this passage, I can see three pieces in this. The first piece of the intelligence of Jesus is relationship. Wow. Relationship. Would you argue with me or would you agree with me that being in relationship with human beings is kind of difficult? Amen. All right. All right. Think of what has happened in the last several weeks in Kansas City, Missouri. A young black boy, 16 years old, 5'8" if that much, goes to the wrong house to pick up his twin brothers. He goes to the wrong house, rings the doorbell, no questions asked, this 84-year-old man takes out a gun and shoots him. Not once, but what, twice. It's difficult to be in a relationship. And then, and then you go to Texas. Got a bunch of young girls who are cheerleaders. They go to the wrong car and they apologize apparently and then they go back to their car and this guy gets out of his car and shoots one of the cheerleaders. And then in New York State, young lady was a passenger in a car and they're going someplace and they get to the wrong place and they decide to turn around in the driveway. I know it's something that all of us have done from time to time. Amen. And this 65-year-old guy takes out a gun and shoots and kills one of the passengers in the car. It is difficult to be in relationship. It is really difficult to be in relationship. But despite that, the intelligence of Jesus tells us that Jesus wants to be in relationship with you. Amen. He wants to be in relationship with you. Yeah. Look at verse 15. When they were walking, 
and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. Jesus intentionally wanted to have this relationship with his disciples. And these are the same disciples who denied him, scattered, went all over the place when he needed them most during the crucifixion. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. And in turn, no matter how difficult it may seem in life, that we need to have a relationship with people as well. This week, um, went to the baseball game. Saw the Braves play Friday night. They lost. But that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But it was really interesting because I got to be in relationship with my people. You know, Braves fans. And, 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 and how, did we, how did we were in relationship with each other? I had on my Braves hat, and just because I had on my Braves hat, people would talk. And people from all walks of life, we were just talking about baseball. It was a glorious thing. That's how God wants us to be. In relationship with each other. And yes, these relationships are difficult. God wants us to be in relationship. That's the part of the intelligence of Jesus. Now, the second thing that we can see on this road to Emmaus is the truth. It's the truth. Now, what do I mean by that? Let me do something from the headlines. $787.5 million. $787.5 million. That's how much Fox News paid for all the lies they've been telling about the election. Now, I know I wanted them to go to trial. I wanted, I, I, you know, I, I wanted all those Fox News personalities to be on the stand, have to be on the oath and all that kind of good stuff. But $757 million, $0.5 million, that's a whole lot of money, isn't it? That's a whole lot of money. We're going to find out their names and see if they can contribute to the Maddox Fund. Dan Rather of CBS News, uh, who used to be the CBS Evening News anchor, said this, but when you divide that total by the number of lies Fox News has told over the years, it doesn't seem like much. $787.5 million. Jesus wants us to know the truth. So remember when we said that on the road to Emmaus, Jesus asked, well, what are y'all talking about? And the disciples began to tell them the story of Jesus being crucified and all that stuff. And they said it was the third day, and apparently we hadn't, you know, you can surmise, we hadn't seen Jesus. No, he ain't, he's not around. Even though the women said they went to the tomb, he wasn't there. Jesus then rebuked them and said, you know, how, how foolish you are not believing what the prophet said. And then if you look at Luke 24, 27, Jesus said this. Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, meaning Jesus, Interpret to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. Wow. 
Jesus wants us to know the truth about who and what he is. So he decided, okay, you guys got it wrong, so let me teach you myself. Let me tell you about what the scriptures say about me. And what do the scriptures say about me? The scriptures say, and we can find what the scriptures say about Jesus, not only in the New Testament, but also in the Old Testament. If we go to Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says that Jesus, that, that, that one will come to bear the sins of all. So Jesus is even foretold in the scriptures in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And what Jesus did on the road to Emmaus, he made sure the truth got out. And as we know, no, the truth will do what? Set you free. And Fox News has found out, and we have all found out, the truth will come out no matter what. So, the intelligence of Jesus. Jesus wants us to be in relationship. Jesus wants us to know the truth. And then finally, Jesus wants us to tell folks about him. Jesus wants to tell folks about him. Jesus wants us to tell people about Jesus. So, they get almost to Emmaus. These three disciples, these two disciples, I should say, and Jesus, they get almost to Emmaus. And as I said, Jesus has a sense of humor. And, 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 and also Jesus kind of knows what he's doing here. And we see some of the intelligence of Jesus. So they almost get there and Jesus kind of acts like, well, I'm gonna go ahead and peer on off. And, and these two guys say, well, no, 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 please, please spend some more time with us. Won't you, it's getting late. Won't you spend the night with us? And Jesus says, mm, okay, cool, okay, I'll do that. And so they, they get there, and when you've been on the road for a whole long time and you've been walking and all that kind of good stuff, what do you want? A bath? <laughs> yeah, you, you want, and beside a bath, yeah, you also want something to eat and drink, right? And so as we can see what happened here is this. They, they get there, and... Jesus does this. Look at verse, and this is not in the copy here that we're, we're sharing on screen. But he says this. He breaks bread, and he blesses it, and he gives it to them. Jesus wants to eat with you. That's another sign of hospitality. And so when they, he gives them the bread, and the wine, and they start eating, their eyes are open. Their eyes are open. And when their eyes are open, if we look at Luke 24, 35, it says the disciples told what had happened on the road and how they had been known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is what the disciples did. Now remember, it's dark, it's late. They have walked all day long with Jesus, seven miles. They've walked all day long with Jesus. Oh, by the way, the, uh, the picture on your program 
is actually the road to Emmaus when I was in the Holy Land. I took that picture, and that's one of the, that's a, 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 re, a, a redo of the road to Emmaus. And so they walked back to tell the disciples. They walked back to tell the rest of the disciples that they had actually seen Jesus. They told folks about Jesus. Now, we all are, maybe many of us are touched by the death of Charles Stanley. And I can argue I have some disagreements with Reverend Stanley over the years. Um, some of those disagreements are about the ordination of women. He was not for that. Some of those disagreements are about his stance on civil rights, not that he was against it, but in Atlanta, Georgia, as a pastor all that time, he never used his platform to talk about Amen. civil rights. Wow. Wow. But one thing I can say about Dr. Stanley, he taught the word and he taught it clearly. Yeah. And in teaching that word and teaching it clearly, he did exactly what Jesus wants us to do is to tell people about Jesus. Amen. Because this is the intelligence of Jesus. This is the beauty of God. That God wants us, us mortals, to tell other mortals about Jesus. God wants us mortals to tell other people about our relationship with Jesus. What has Jesus done for you? How has Jesus gotten you out of the muck and mire clay? God wants us as humans to tell people the truth about Jesus, that Jesus is the truth and the light. And that following Jesus does not mean that you are subjugated to a life that is dull and uninteresting. That following Jesus doesn't mean that you have to be a goody two-shoes because as followers of Jesus, we sin and we fall short of the glory of God. But as followers of Jesus, Jesus wants us to tell other folks about him. That's the intelligence of Jesus. Now, this whole business of artificial intelligence, it's coming, it's here, and it will do some good things. It really will. When you hear the AI sermon that I will deliver one day, you'll say, "Woo wee, how did he learn how to preach? <laughs> and it will also do some bad things. But one thing it cannot do is to replace the intelligence of Jesus. Amen. So the question today is, what are we going to do with the intelligence of Jesus in our lives? Are we going to deepen or even start a relationship with Jesus? Are we going to search and dig for the truth about Jesus? And the truth is right in the pages of the Bible and Bible study activities and learning about Jesus for ourselves. And through that, are we going to tell other people about Jesus?
So if you wish to have a deeper and a more abiding relationship with Jesus, pray with me now. Dear Father, we come to you with humble hearts. We come to you admitting our sinful ways and asking your forgiveness. Asking for a relationship with you as we walk down the roads of our lives. And in that relationship with you, we know that you will be truthful to us as we are truthful to you. Lord, save me. Give me your grace and glory. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let us say amen. amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you are saved. If you prayed that prayer and you're backslidden, you're saved. If you prayed that prayer and you're troubled, you have an opportunity for all those troubles to be laid at the altar. So in just a few moments, I'm going to come down and offer my hand so that you can give God your heart. As I say every Sunday, your salvation is only as good as the place that you decide to practice your salvation. And when I say practice your salvation, I mean just that, to practice it, to perfect it, to get it better and better and better. And here at Greater Bethel, we are trying every single day to do that. Those of us who were in the meeting the other night know that we've got big plans for this church, big opportunities for this church, and those big opportunities include all of us here. There's not a person to waste. So, if you are out, we would love for you to join us. If you're watching online right now, all you got to do is to take that number that I'm going to give you and call me. Send me a text, 608-358-1301. That's 608 on your screen right now. You can call us uh, and have a question about it. Amen. And now for our benediction, which is a covering of God's grace until we see each other again. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who wants us to be in relationship with him. May the fellowship of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who wants us to know the truth about him. And may the Holy Spirit, which enables us to tell other folks about Jesus, be with you henceforth now and forevermore. Let us all say, Amen. Amen. Thanks, it's your faithfulness in giving to Greater Bethel that allows us to do the work of the Lord. There are three ways you can give to us. First, you can use Catch App by typing dollar sign Bethel 140. Second, you can give using Giveify, simply at a Greater Bethel Athens. Finally, you can mail your contributions in 
to Post Office Box 49773, Athens, Georgia, 30604. Thank you and blessings. <laughs>